0: Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. 16, we're going to talk about the doctrine of hell and get some truth on that. Typically, Nowadays, it's more and more people are trying to either get rid of the doctrine of hell or change it to mean something that it's not. But it is a real place. And Luke chapter 16, you know, when we were when we were in Matthew chapter 24 and well, now we're in Matthew 25. And when you see those parables and it says likened unto or the kingdom of heaven is as that's a parable. (laughs) And when we learned in school, like or as, those were metaphors. They were designed to illustrate another truth. But that's not the case in Luke chapter 16. We don't see the words like or as. We see in uh, Luke chapter 16, look at verse uh, number 19. There was a certain rich man, which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. We don't see the word like or as anywhere in here. This is a real place of torment that real people go to. Now, on the start of this Sunday school lesson, that should be enough compelling truth for all of us to find somebody to tell the good news of what Jesus Christ did for you and I. So that we don't have to go there Hell is real Our message is God doesn't want you to go to hell And this is why we bring the good news Of the gospel And we'll finish reading And he cried and said Father Abraham verse 24 Have mercy on me and send Lazarus He may dip the tip of his finger in water And pull my tongue For I am tormented In this flame It's a place of torment." But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things and likewise Lazarus' evil things. And now he is comforted, and thou art, here it is again, tormented. Beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. There's no getting out. Once you die, You're going to one of two places. You can't come back. So when people write these books, and we talked about this before, you know, 90 minutes in heaven or whatever this and you know, you come back and you write a book that sells on the Amazon top seller list. Well, God didn't pronounce you dead. A doctor might have, but God didn't pronounce you dead. Your soul didn't leave your body. You're not coming out of hell if you end up there. A second further compelling reason why we should bring this saving gospel of grace to this lost and dying world. Wife and I were talking about this the other week, the other day. Nothing matters. The only thing that matters really is eternity. Think about how long, what are you going to live, 100 years? And then what? 100 years is nothing in light of eternity. As great as the sale is for the widget that we want, it isn't going to last forever. Hell, eternity, you you can't. I don't think that we can exhaust the thought of how long eternity is. And God has given us a very, very clear command. And shame on us if we don't bring that good news out to our Jerusalem. Putnam County, let's start here. And now, go out abroad, and it's it, it's just comp- another compelling thought that should really rally us to go out. Um, and then he said in verse number twenty-seven. Then he said, "I pray thee, therefore, Father, that would ascend him to my father's house, for I have five brethren; he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place." And here it is again of torment. Abraham saith unto him, "They have Moses and the prophets; let them hear them." And he said nay father abraham but if one went unto them from the dead will they repent he said unto them if they hear not moses and the prophets neither will they be persuaded though one rose from the dead get matthew chapter 5 we're not going to do a deep dive on luke 16 um, but it's uh, an excellent chapter to start with when you're talking about hell or the doctrine of hell we can see a lot of truth there and make a lot of application But what I wanted to draw out was that it is a place of torment. In Matthew 5. Matthew chapter 5 verse 22. Jesus says here. But I say unto you. Well verse number 21. You have heard that it was said by them of old time. Thou shalt not kill. And whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. So the Old Testament, we know we shouldn't kill. Jesus ups the ante and says, in case any of you would dare justify yourself by saying to a gospel witness, well, I ain't never killed anybody jesus says well have you ever been angry with your brother without a cause and i think probably every one of us can say yep we've been there and done that (laughs) and it's not my fault that i left late from the house and now i'm beeping at the guy in front of me to move it along (laughs) it's why am i angry at him it was my fault that i didn't give myself enough time we can fill in the blanks all day about all these things that we've done. Sure. Sure. And Jesus says, you know what? You can't. You can't stand before me and try to tell me that you're a good person. And then he says, um, and whoever shall say to his brother, I don't know exactly how you would say that, but or Hassa, if the R is silent. But it's a term of just extreme contempt that was used. Um, when you preach on this verse, you can read it how you would read it. But it's not a word that we typically use nowadays. But nonetheless, it's in the Bible. And it just means you're, you're showing extreme contempt. Shall be in danger of the council. For whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hell fire. It's a place of torment. And it's a hell is also a place of fire. Matthew chapter 23. Place of torment and a place of fire. Matthew 23, verse 15. Uh, Verse 14, it's uh, this is the Jesus just lets them have it with the woes. I think he gives them seven or eight woes. And verse 14, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, verse 15, hypocrites, for ye compass sea and land to make one proselyte. And when he is made, ye make him twofold more the child of hell than yourself these proselytes were foreigners and these foreigners were considered the scabs of israel because of their well their wickedness they were just they lived wicked lives Uh, justin martyr is quoted as saying the proselytes did not only disbelieve christ's doctrine but were abundantly more blasphemous against him than the Jews themselves, the Pharisees either wanted to gain more members, and/or they wanted to gain more money and extort money out of these uh, scabs of Israel, uh, of Israel. Nothing much really has changed. What is the church trying to do? Well, I don't. You got to be careful how you use the term "church" nowadays. What are some of these so called churches trying to do? Extort money out of people and gain more members. Now, I want more members. Do you want more? We all want more people. We want the pews filled. That means more laborers out in harvest. We all pray for that. We all want that. Um, it's not like gospel tracts are free. Somebody has to print them. So we we need money. All churches do. But we're not going to do it at the expense of truth and the expense of doctrine so well, what do you do you end up turning the church if you're not careful into a place that the world has just won over and you have the scabs of the world and we can't do that it has to be a place where the church god's body Christ's body wins over the world Not flip-flopped around And So that's what's happening here In in Matthew chapter 23 Um, And what do we see Here Uh, hell is a place Of torment it's a place Of fire And it's a place of damnation In verse Number 14 And we don't want point of me going to this verse is yes it's a place of of damnation but also we don't want to turn somebody into more of a two-fold child of hell than they already are lost people are already living for themselves and the devil we can't create a place that we bring them in smooth them over win them over as members extort money out of them and we just made them more twofold child of hell than they already were because we never gave them gospel truth <laughs> Maybe. i'm telling you nothing else matters it's eternity everything we do should have an eternal perspective in the back of my mind well i have to work we all have to work there's a lunch break. <laughs> you can be praying about somebody that the Lord would put next to you at the at the lunch table. You could be praying about somebody that the Lord would open up a window of opportunity for you to speak to when you leave work. So just something to pray about. Matthew 23. Uh, let's go down a little bit. Look at verse thirty one. Bible says, Wherefore ye be witnesses unto yourselves that you are the children of them which killed the prophets. Fill ye up then the measure of your fathers, and then he lets them have it. Ye serpents, they're the offspring of the old serpent. Ye generation of vipers, how can ye escape the damnation of hell? This is Isn't Jesus using corrupt communication? This isn't Jesus using evil surmising. This isn't. This is Jesus giving it to him straight and giving him truth out of love. And he hits him with these woes. We're not asking anybody to go out and be mean and nasty. But if you leave out hell, you're leaving out a doctrine that Jesus himself taught on and preached on and we cannot leave that out and you're not being mean you're actually being mean if you leave it out let's see. no it's actually 33 damnation it's a place of torment it's a place of fire and it is a place of again we see damnation damnation let's go back to the old testament look at some things let's go to numbers numbers chapter 16 let's read in verse number 12 and Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, which said, we will not come up. Is it a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of the land that floweth milk and honey, kill us in the wilderness, except thou make thyself altogether a prince over us? Moreover, thou hast not brought us into a land that floweth with milk and honey, or given us inheritance of fields and vineyards. Will thou put out the eyes of these men? We will not come up and Moses was very wroth and said unto the Lord Respect not that thou Their offering. I have not taken one ass from them. Neither have I hurt one of them Go All the way down to verse number 28 But if the uh so We'll continue in verse 28. Moses said hereby Ye shall know that the Lord hath sent me to do all these works For I have not done them of mine own mind. If these men die the common death of all men, or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, then the Lord hath not sent me. But if the Lord make a new thing and the earth open her mouth and swallow them up with all that appertain unto them and they go down quick into the pit, then you shall understand that these men have provoked. The Lord, and it came to pass as he had made an end of speaking all these words that the ground clave asunder that was under them, and the earth swallowed, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up, and their houses, and all the men that appertaineth unto Korah, and all their goods, they and all that appertaineth to them went down alive into the pit. And the earth closed upon them, and they perished from among the congregation. And all Israel that were around them fled at the cry of them, and they said, lest the earth swallow us up. Now that's about a good time to pass the plate around. (laughs) The earth is going to swallow you up if you don't give amen. And let's get another round, boys. (laughs) Look. We're not doing that. I'm saying that to be, to be to be funny, but this is a place back in the Old Testament where people ended up going, they were alive and God dropped them in. Now you and I aren't going out to the street corner and preaching Numbers 16, but I wanted to show you as we teach about the doctrine of hell, there were people that went to hell Before they actually died of physical death. God's earth. Swallowed them up. And people could hear the cries of them. It's a scary place. It's a real place. The place of torment. A place of damnation. A place of fire. It's a place where some have gone. Where they were still alive. Luke chapter 12. And Psalm chapter number 9. Luke chapter 12, Psalm 9. Luke chapter 12, look at the uh, fourth verse. Luke 12, verse four, 4. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body. And after that, have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him which after he hath killed hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. Amen. God has the power to put you in hell. Amen. He doesn't will you to go there. He doesn't want you to go there. He sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die for your sins be your advocate and take your place, take your punishment so that you didn't have to go there. But he's got power to cast people in hell. What do you think? They die and and then, you know, all of a sudden they just start falling down on, no, God puts them there. Another compelling reason why we should be so overwhelmed with the fear of God, a reverent fear of our creator, we want to go out and tell others, do you know that Christ Jesus died for your sins? Well, why did he do that? So that you don't have to go to hell. Amen. Try that at the Golden Corral this afternoon. Before you pay for your meal, just say to the person taking your money, do you know why Jesus Christ came to this earth? Well, no, I don't. And you tell them. He has power to cast you into hell and he will send you there if you don't repent and trust the Savior. How much do I owe you? <laughs> I mean, maybe not that direct, but you need to be somehow, you need to be direct. You need to be able to talk about these tough things, these hard doctrines in a very respectful way. Way God's got the power to send you There psalm chapter number Nine that's where we're at psalm nine Psalms Chapter number nine And Verse number 17 you can Say praise God to this if you are Saved this morning Amen that is right It's good to be Saved isn't it good to be saved Look at the Seventeenth verse of psalm nine The wicked Shall be turned into hell. And all the nations that forget God. Are you saved this morning? You're not part of the wicked. You have the righteousness of Jesus Christ. We are not going there. Praise his name. Um, Can I make some practical application? All the nations that forget God. It was happening long before 1962 when prayer was thrown out and then in 1963 when the Bible was thrown out. But we can certainly look to those years as when the bobsled to hell started to pick up some speed. How'd that work out for us as a nation? More murder? Innocent children? Innocent babies in the womb? Simply ask somebody. It's okay to kill a baby in the womb when? Because it's not. Amen. But not only that, a million a year, I think it is, not only that, children, children that have already been born out of mama's womb and now are being exploited and trafficked for wicked, wicked things. Right. It is happening In droves And God says If you're involved in that You are wicked And he will cast you into hell And if you're listening online This morning Your only hope is Jesus Christ You must repent And put your full faith And trust in the Savior Or God will send you And your wickedness To a fiery hell And he won't let you out So quit murdering babies And quit killing kids and quit trafficking young ones. Hey. That's our nation. That's this world. It's good to be saved. You young ones sitting here this morning, just praise God, you have parents that love you enough to take you to church hey, and man. teach you to Bible. Yeah. Bless the Bible. Yeah. And I'm not trying to scare any little kids. But I want you to get a perspective of thankfulness because it isn't. We tend to take for granted what we had growing up. But it isn't something that every child has. Right. It isn't. My wife and I remember running the bus to help on the one of the, 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 the VBS that we would have. And, you know, you pick up these kids and uh, you can't help but notice the cigarette burn marks on their skin. (laughs) Um, What do you do except keep your tears in and try to be a blessing to them and minister to them. And give them a day of joy. And some children. The best hope they have on this earth. Is to get saved, Amen. Because it's going to be 16 years of misery. Why? Because of mom and dad. Just thank God you're not part of the wicked. And thank God if you're a young person, and you got parents that aren't wicked either. Yeah. Thank you. Matthew chapter 25. Look at the 41st verse. Something to keep in mind. As we're witnessing to people, Matthew 25, verse 41, then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. We talked about hell as a place of fire already. But it says prepared for the devil and his angels. God didn't prepare. Well, it tells us why God prepared hell. Of the devil and the devil's angels now if you follow the devil and the devil's angels you're going to end up there but he's also prepared a place for us we have to come to god on his terms mm-hmm. we can't make up stuff in our head and, and try to come to god based on well i'm religious and i'm this i'm that I, you know i never killed anybody went through all that it, it's got to be on god's terms not your terms. but nonetheless you can point this verse out to, to folks when you're witnessing to them and say look god doesn't want you to go to hell this is who he prepared hell for. Now, who are you going to follow? Just ask him straight up, who you want to follow? Revelation 20. And stay in Matthew 8. Revelation 20 and Matthew 8. Thirteenth verse, Revelation 20, verse number 13. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death we're not going to get we're not doing a deep dive on the lake of fire versus hell but we're going to say here for the sake of this lesson that there are degrees of punishment that hell has right it's a place of judgment it's a place of torments. it's a place of fire and there are degrees of that fire judgment and punishment uh, as well so something to note as far as that in your doctrine on hell. Uh, Matthew 8. Look at verse 12. Matthew 8 verse 12. I nice send to you that many shall come from the east and west. And shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. It will be a dark place. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's what's going to be happening in hell as well. Matthew chapter 13. We'll see it again in a few different places. Matthew 13, verse 42. We'll see it again. Matthew 13, verse 42. And shall cast them into a furnace of fire. We see it again, fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Uh, Verse 50, I'm sorry. And shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Flip back in Matthew. We got weeping, wailing. We've got gnashing of teeth in hell. We also have. In chapter number nine, just in case you thought you'd bring a fire hose, (laughs) Matthew chapter nine, verse number 40, uh, where is this? Fire is not quenched. Anybody got that verse? It's an unquenchable fire. Is it Matthew nine or is it in? anybody grabs that verse, let me know. I'm pretty sure it's in Matthew. It talks about how the fire is not quenched. You're not going to go and put the fire out. Okay. If you end up there, it will be an unquenchable fire. It's Mark. It's in Mark. Okay. Thanks for the time. Let's look at Mark, the book of Mark, chapter number nine. I don't know why I thought it was in Matthew, but thank you, Brother Tom. Uh, it's the book of Mark, the ninth chapter. Ah, here it is. Thank you, sir. Okay, verse forty-four: Where the worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. They want to take all the—they want to ter- take worm out of the, all all the hymnals. They don't want you to feel bad. So, no, it's good to feel bad because God's worthy and we're not. Um, and if thy foot offend, offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt in life than having two feet to be cast into hell. Into the fire that shall never, that never shall be quenched. And he says it again, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Jesus isn't telling you to go out and perform eye surgery on yourself. He's trying to make the point that if your eyes are going to cause you to go to hell. You are better going to go into the doctor and say, hey, doc, take them out. Why? Because this physical life is so long. Who cares if you can't see for 50 or 100 years? You don't want to end up in hell. Your feet cause you need to go somewhere where you shouldn't go. God says you're better off getting them amputated. Why? Because this life only lasts so long. And the only thing that matters is where you're going. You got All right, let's do one more and we'll call it quits. Let's go, let's go to the book of James, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews. And then you will come, let's go to the Third chapter of James This is a Interesting verse And the tongue is a fire James chapter 3 verse 6 The tongue is a fire A world of iniquity So is the tongue among our Members that it defileth The whole body And setteth on fire The course of nature And it is set on fire of hell. There's something about our nature and our tongue that just sets the whole thing ablaze. (laughs) It's a pretty meaty verse. And if you think about it, it's quite an odd verse. When you think of our nature and then our tongue being connected to how wicked it can be. A lot of things, you know, we teach our kids this. It's just, just zip it. Stop talking and then you'll save yourself a lot of mess. Don't we get in trouble because we keep talking? A lot of preachers get in trouble because they don't know when to. But if you have a job where you have to speak all the time, it's very hard to not get yourself in trouble. Public speaker, if you're a part of a business or, or this. Our tongue. Very, very small. When you look at our whole body, it's one small part. Yet it'll set the whole forest ablaze on fire. We need to be careful. Oh. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.